0: TTC is go. Tanker Pitch is go. TTC is go. Happy S is go. Houston Flight is go. Molotov. STM is go. SafetyCon is go. STU is go. LRD is go. SRO is go. CDI is go. Launch Director NTD, our launch team is ready to proceed at this time. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Right Side Patriots has a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not going to stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people. On RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, the 22nd of August, and welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello,
1: Craig, and how are you in hot Nebraska?
0: I haven't been this hot since the last time I was this hot, and that was yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want you to know, folks, people say Florida is so hot. Not really. Yeah, we get hot, we get humid, but we always have the breezes coming from the Atlantic and the Gulf. The hottest in all my years in Florida, and I've lived here most of my life, never has gotten over maybe 92, 93 degrees, but Craig And Nebraska have the luck of being 102 or 103 today.
0: It was 102 yesterday. It got up to 103 today, but it's now cooling off. It's down to 102. Aren't you guys special? You know, (laughs) honestly, all this summer, we've been very, very lucky because this is the first time we've had triple digits We've had oh, okay. a couple of days that got up to around 94, 95, uh, but this is the first all summer that we've gotten into the triple digits, and normally we would have had uh, some triple-digit days in June, July, and August, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they're spread out a little bit, but here's how the weather works in, in my neck of the woods up here in north-central Nebraska. It is, it, or it was, one hundred three degrees today. Saturday, the high is going to be, I think, seventy nine. Oh, big change! You know, and so it's it's a roller coaster. And we think we're hoping that this is going to be the last hurrah for the really hot summer weather. We could still have a little bit uh, in early September, but you know, by mid September, that's done and over with. Um, but right now, I mean, the heat is oppressive cause it's humid too. Okay? Uh, okay. So it's, it's just ugly, but you know, what's keeping me going. You know, what's got me enthused. You know, what's got me optimistic. What Nebraska football starts in less than a week and a half. Oh,
1: please. Oh, folks, I don't want to hear this. That's bad (laughs) news for me, because Craig will change every conversation we have back to football. I hate football. I think it is the stupidest sport ever invented. They play, the players play maybe five or ten seconds, then they dance around, they pat each other on the butts. It is just, to me, (laughs) god-awful.
0: only time they dance around is if they score, and you can't even do that in college football. You get a penalty for that.
1: Ah,
0: okay. So, but I'm looking oh, forward anyway. to it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's damn near football season, and I'm ready for it. Listen, folks, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Yes. Diane, you're talking about Our Republic, a fleeting memory indeed. Yes. Yes, I am, because that's the way they're wear-headed, folks. It it is. Uh, I've got the Fulton County Hissy Fit.
1: Gee, let me guess what that's about.
0: It's about a Hissy Fit in Fulton County. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are you working on for next week? Well. Goodness. Yeah.
1: That Nothing like bell. getting spam. Sorry, folks, I forgot to uh, shut my phone off. Um, next week, in case you don't know it, get ready for the push for mail in ballots and staying home again because COVID has returned. Oh, or boy. So they say.
0: What will well, this I be? Number
1: of. Tackling that, and it's not going to be so pretty for the Biden administration.
0: Is this, what, your 132nd article on COVID? Actually, it's my 38th. It just seems like 132. It seems like it to
1: you. Imagine me having to write about
0: it. Next week, I'm taking on the woke military. That? I am sure we'll have your special snark touch. It it does. It does. So that's what we got coming up tomorrow. But tonight, Diane, let's start with Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, not being the guy that most people might think he is. No. And
1: I'm going to present four reasons why this man is not what he seems to be. But first, I want everybody to understand that what I'm going to say is my opinion and my beliefs. You don't have to believe with them, you know, believe them, but we have to always preface that so we don't get any, let's say, libel suits or defamation suits against us. This is my opinion, my beliefs. Number one. Vivek Swami, or however you say his name, I believe is a plant supported by and instigated on by both the swamp and some in the establishment hierarchy, with their motive being to ensure that Trump will not beat Biden. To me, Ramon Swamy is a snake oil salesman who recently told ABC News and picked up in town hall about his, and I quote, ability to sabotage Ron DeSantis' presidential aspirations. He used that as the justification for his own running. This has long been suspected by many, as Vivek knows well, that he has no chance of getting the nomination, but that in his being in the race, he hopes to raise both his political and political public profile in order to secure a high-paying position within a second Trump administration. So the question is, do we really need a leader of the free world, a man with no political experience, whether it be on a local, state, or national level, a man with no foreign policy experience or military experience, a man who only for all intents and purposes, started voting in 2020. Now, I'll have a little more on that in a bit. No, we do not, especially when Ramanswamy himself has stated his moment motives for entering the race. Second, no matter what some say, Vivek Swamy is not constitutionally able to run for president, for he is not a naturally born citizen of the U.S., at least not to those of us who know and honor the laws as stated in the Constitution. What Vivek is, is an anchor baby, for his parents were Indian citizens at the time of his birth. In fact, both of his parents were living here in the U.S. for only two years' time when he was born in Ohio instead of the constitutionally mandated five-year residency time required for them to even apply for U.S. citizenship. My opinion, America does not need an anchor baby as president, for we do not need another birther scenario taking over the political discourse like we had with Obama and have with Kamala Harris. Third, Vivek was awarded a grant from the, quote, Paul and Daisy Soros Fellowship for New America's Foundation to help, quote, support work towards his law degree at Yale University, end quote. In my opinion, no one without with any ties to a Soros family foundation, should be in a position as powerful as the presidency of these United States. Why so? Because the Soros family is known to keep the proverbial eye on those they monetarily help, as in their garnering an expected return for their investment. And in, in that case, can you say Alvin Braggs, I surely can and also know that at the time Vivek got this grant, he already had two million dollars in the bank. Fourth, Swami's voting record, as backed up by the Ohio voting database records in Butler and Franklin County, speaks for itself and not in a good way. Voting for the first time in the 2004 presidential election. Ramaswamy voted for libertarian Michael Badnerick and did not, I repeat, did not vote again until 2020, 16 years without, or I should say without, actually not giving a damn about the political situation here in our country. Only now for his own self-serving ambitions has Ramaswamy entered the political well-paying arena. Now, here, in my opinion, is your prime motive for his being in the race besides getting brownie points and trying to stop DeSantis is for his bank account alone.
0: You know, I, it's hard to argue with any of that. Let me, let me just fill people in a little bit about this George, or not George Soros, but uh, the, the Soros Foundation, Paul and Daisy Soros Foundation. Um, Ramaswamy's spokespeople for his campaign says, "Well, you know, that's no big deal because that's not George Soros. That was his older brother and his older brother's wife, and they're long dead, so it really doesn't matter." Well, I say it does matter. You know, Soros is a Soros is a Soros. Okay, and you can't you can't get me to believe. That Paul Soros and George Soros weren't basically one and the same where political ideology is concerned. The fact that Ramaswamy had two million dollars in his bank account, you know, he claims, "Well, I, you know, I would have been a fool not to take the ninety thousand dollar grant." Right. Well, no, you would have been ethical not to take the ninety thousand dollar grant. Exactly. I mean, this
1: is—he's a, a very wealthy man, folks. People need to understand that he was the head of a um, medical company that was looking into sort of reinvigorating drugs, medical drugs that were turned down right. by big name companies.
0: Right. You know, and I mean, the guys—the guys always been swimming in money. You know, right. since he since he got out of Harvard and, and started going to Yale uh, to law school. And, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't need the $90,000 grant, but, hey, it was free money. And he took it. You know, I mean, when, when you say, well, you know, any, anybody offered that kind of money would have been a fool not to take it. Well, no, you'd be ethical not to take it if you had $2 million in the bank and Ramaswamy did. Right.
1: And the other thing that really bothers me, even more than that, you know, all the major candidates that have run for president have always been involved in politics to one degree or another, even if it was just their being faithful in voting. Wamiswami did not vote consistently. He was not a super voter. He voted once in 2004, 16 years go by, before he votes again. And now he's like, I'm a Republican. He voted for a libertarian third party candidate in his one and only previous vote. If you don't vote and stay on top of politics, which he did not do either. And suddenly, hey, I'm going to get in and and maybe I can get a high-paying position if Trump becomes president. I'll try to get rid of DeSantis, his main opposition. I mean, where are people's red flags?
0: Well, they should be waving. I mean, that's, that's just kind of the way I feel about it. He always seems too slick by half to me.
1: What he reminds me of was obama sauntering across the stage at billy boy's nominating convention
0: yeah i mean it's he's, he's pretty full of himself now he's an interesting guy i'll give him that and you know he's he's a very intelligent guy i'll give him that right 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 but not not the guy people think he is No,
1: and this is not a man, I'm sorry, but an anchor baby should not be president of these United States. I know people are saying, well, this and this and that and that, you know, Obama slid by, Harris slid by, so we can't really go after him. Well, you know what, folks? When are we going to start honoring the Constitution and abiding by the Constitution?
0: We never should have left it exactly that's that's my take um okay so uh there's a big debate excuse me a big debate coming up tomorrow night uh Mm -hmm. fox news is hosting that debate uh martha mccallum and brett bear yeah i think that's it who are going to be the two moderators i know martha mccallum i think it's brett bear um anyway that's coming up tomorrow night now we're going to have a full recap of that debate coming up on Friday night show. Right. Um, there's not much we can say about it tonight because it doesn't happen until tomorrow night. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. You've got two choices. We talked about this uh, last Friday night show. You've got two choices coming up tomorrow night. If you want to hear what the candidates are planning and how they intend to get the u.s out of the the deep abyss that we're in right now you'll want to tune in to the fox debate if you want to hear one candidate talk about himself for a couple of hours you can always go to twitter right i mean that's really what your two choices are um but like i said we'll have a full recap of the debate coming up on friday But that said Biden was in Hawaii yesterday, and, you know, what Maui didn't need was another disaster, but Biden's trip to Maui was an abject <clears throat> disaster. He, he gets there, and the first thing you see is Biden being led around in that shuffling gate that he walks with, up to look at burned out cars on the street. Right. And he would stand there and, and you know beside a burned out car and just look at it and kind of nod his head. Okay. A little bit later, he's in front of a group of people and he starts telling a story, Diane, that is demonstrably false. Oh yeah. But not just false, Craig but very,
1: very inconsiderate to the people on Maui who have lost everything.
0: Think of no? yourself as a person from Lahaina. Right. Okay? Your house is gone. Your car is gone. Everything you owned is gone. Maybe friends, maybe family are gone or missing. Pets. Yes. Your pets are gone. Your business is gone. Everything's gone. Okay. And finally, after 13 days, this Yahoo from the Oval Office shows up. And he wants to make out that he's he knows exactly how you feel because he's been through it, too. So he tells this story about their house, he and Jill's house, mm-hmm. being struck by lightning. Actually, lightning struck a pond outside the right. house right but the the charge of electricity came through the house and according to joe it nearly burned the house down he nearly lost his wife his home his 67 corvette and his cat yeah well let me tell you folks this
1: fire was all of 20 minutes never left the kitchen was put out right away and nothing of the sort was even remotely, you know, on the scenes of possibilities.
0: He did not almost lose his house. He did not almost lose his wife. He did not almost lose his Corvette or his cat. Right. You know, a small fire in the kitchen. That's it. That's it. A cooking fire, probably. And, And these people know it. They know that he's full of it. And that he's telling tall tales, and you know if you're in that position in real life where you have just lost everything, right? Do you really want some putts coming in there and saying, "Well, I, I look, I can, I can identify with you because I had a kitchen fire one time." I mean, this, yeah. this is this is abject stupidity, but it got worse. Biden was sitting there while survivors were at the podium telling Mm -hmm. what happened, what they witnessed, uh, what life is like for them. Now that SOB fell asleep. Yes, absolutely. And he like
1: dozed off, caught himself, woke up, but the, the visuals are very, very bad. But of course, you know, our favorite, um, um, what's her name? Medusa, as I call her.
0: Right. Karine <laughs> um, Jean-Pierre. Yeah.
1: She has a way of trying to flip everything. I mean, I can't stand that woman so much that I I just block her name out because she is a talking head, bar none. She does not have an original thought in her head. But what bothers me about this also is Ukraine I support Zelensky and I support the Ukrainian people and we need to help them however Biden now signed another thing for more billions of dollars going to Ukraine but in his generosity he's giving each Hawaiian who lost everything Seven hundred and fifty dollars to rebuild their lives. Yeah,
0: that's that's a little that's close, but it's slightly incorrect. He's not giving each one of those people that lost everything. Each
1: family. He's giving
0: each household. Right. Each family. Right. Seven hundred dollars, and you know what? What are you going to get? You you've lost everything. Mm -hmm. What What are you going to get for seven hundred dollars? You're going to have to find a way. To get to a whole different part of the island or get off that island and over to the big island. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's say you're a mom, you're a dad, you got two kids, okay? You're all lucky enough to have survived the thing. You can't even buy a change of clothes for each one of those four people for $700.
1: Right. And how about if you... Get, you know, uh, use the money to buy food for your family. Where are you going to store the food? You have no home, you have no refrigerator, you have no way of storing the food. So, what good does the $750 do when psychologically every one of those people know billions are going to a foreign country? That's like rubbing salt in their wounds.
0: You know, there there was a guy on TV uh, this morning, and he was he's from there. He's from Lahaina, and he was talking about it. He said, "You know what we really need are you know architects, uh, you know structural engineers, uh, infrastructure engineers. We we need all this stuff to start happening immediately, so that things can be redesigned." He says it's going to take eight months at at the soonest, before they clean all the debris out of there,
1: right?
0: He said. Then comes the rebuilding process. You know, yes. No offers of of that kind of help. In fact, when Biden got off the plane, there were people there standing with signs that said, uh, "Go home, Biden. Go home." Um, Thirteen days. You know, with a big question mark, because that's how long it took to get there. There was people holding signs that said no comment, which is what he said on the beach in Delaware when asked about it. Um, so he he gets through this trip to Lahaina. He's only there for two or three hours. That's it. And then back on the plane and off to, to Lake Tahoe for more vacation. But getting on the plane, he had to be led to the plane by Dr. Jill. He gets to the top of the steps. He turns around. He could barely wave to people. And then he goes inside the plane. When, When he woke up from being asleep, he sat there for the longest time with his mouth agape, And this 1,000-yard stare, this blank expression on his face, I don't think he even knew where he was. I don't think he ever really knows where he is. You know, I mean, not only was his whole approach to this thing completely inappropriate, not only was it an insult to the people who had just lost everything, Mm -hmm. but it also really highlighted... Both the physical and mental condition this puts us in. Yes, this is just
1: absolutely disgraceful. Um, but I would like to thank our great Governor Ron DeSantis for sending our special search and rescue team over to Mary, who have found remains of people that needed
0: to be found and also some. That we're still alive. There's over 800 people still missing. Yes. You know, and and I mean, it, it, it's like he didn't care. Biden gets over there, it's like he didn't care. He didn't, didn't give a damn what Do was going on. Do you think he on. even really knew where he was? I'm not sure he even knew what really transpired over there. Yeah. I agree. I, mean, I don't but, think he does. You look at the expression on his face. Throughout the entire thing, it's hard to it's hard to come to grips with the fact that he even knew the scope of that disaster. True. You know, I mean and and then you've got the issue with the the public servants in Lahaina and on Maui who did absolutely nothing to prevent this from happening to begin with.
1: Right. There's a lot of questions, guys. You know, you got to take the conspiracy theories out of it. But there's a lot of questions about how the uh, Hawaiian power company serviced their lines, kept them up to date. Um, There are questions that have to be answered. But the nonsense going around big time, is that this fire was deliberately started so builders can build housing development. That's, that's bull.
0: That's a bunch I of bull. I seriously doubt that. You know, here's, here's something, you know, just to chew on in the minute or so we've got left in the segment. The emergency manager over there who's resigned, in my mm-hmm. opinion, should face charges because – At one point, he withheld water from the fire department based on the need for... Diane, if you can tell me what this is, I'd be happy to know. On the need for water equity.
1: I think you kind of know what that means. No, I have no idea. The firefighters are there doing a job. They don't matter. But let's give it to... This one and that one that he chooses to give it to. The whole word equity is a bunch of crap.
0: But but the thing is, he didn't give it to anybody. He withheld the water from the fire department altogether based on water equity, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. It's rationing. Yeah. But, I mean, the whole town's on fire. Give the fire department the water to help put it out. Right. You know? Screw whatever equity you think you're talking about because it doesn't make any sense to begin with. Folks, we've hit the bottom of the segment. That means we got to take a quick break. 30 minutes from now, I'm talking about the Fulton County Hissy Fit. But when we come back from this, our bottom of the hour break... Diane has it with our republic, a fleeting memory indeed. Stay with us, there's more Right Side Patriots after this. Listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet.
1: And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at RSPRadio1.com.
0: Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. Diane, why would people want to go to rspradio one.com tomorrow morning and click the podcast button? Because
1: we'll have today's show up there
0: and all the rest and all the
1: rest. Exactly.
0: <laughs> that's, that's pretty good reason to go to the website folks. Yep. Cause you know, if you miss any part of tonight's show, you don't want to. And so you go there and you can listen back to the show. All right, Diane. So, uh, you know, there's, there's something that's kind of been sticking in both our craws for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the condition of our republic. It gets mislabeled yes. all the time. And all the time. Do you think that <clears throat> might be on purpose? I definitely think so. But let me start
1: by saying, and please hear me out, folks. I know that many will not like what I am going to say, but say it I will, for it's my opinion that if Donald J. Trump had conceded the 2020 election to Joe Biden on election night or within a reasonable period of time, but that in his concession speech he emphatically stated that he will be running again in 2024, things would be vastly different than they are today. How so? I would think that after what we all knew would be, but four disastrous years of the Biden-Harris administration, that almost every Republican would now be united behind Trump and few, if any, would be running against him for the Republican nomination. And while some of the now so-called only Trumpers probably would have squawked that Trump sold out to the establishment a.k.a. the swamp, and then turn their collective backs on him, loyalty itself does tend to ebb and flow on whim. Yet the fact remains that if Trump had stayed quiet, literally and figuratively quiet, his people, both his legal team and assorted paid investigators, would have been able to work through the process behind the scenes to prove that fraud did indeed take place and do so minus all the media-initiated drama that always seems to surface every time Dares Trump dares, rightfully or not, to open his mouth. And if Trump had done what I just opined, one upside for him personally, would have been that he would basically be assured not just the 2024 Republican nomination, but the presidency as well, with the cherry on top of the proverbial political cake being that his vice president would likely win in 2028, and so on down the respective Republican line for probably a generation, if not more, to come. And Craig, even more important of an upside, would have been that our beloved country, our republic, would have remained intact for any given number of years.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you look at the scenario you put forth, and certain Mm -hmm. things did and certain things didn't happen. And when you look at the bigger picture, and that's what you and I always do, we always step back and and take a look at the bigger picture, there is one driving force behind trump's candidacy going into 2024 right exactly and you know we know
1: like Craig said my hope for scenario didn't happen because common sense logic and deductive reasoning once again were thrown by the wayside in favor of one man seeking both personal and political revenge revenge which while warranted still in and of itself played directly into the hands of the Democrat-initiated 24-7 media drama known as the Get Trump Show. So now, instead of being able to focus on and learn about any of the other Republican candidates running for the nomination, so as to be able to make a truly informed decision as to whom each of us will ultimately decide to vote for come the primaries, we are now being manipulated to focus instead on what is a ratings bonanza, hence the revenue producing drama that is Donald J. Trump. After all... Everyone, no matter their party affiliation, wants to see just how the 95-plus partisan-driven charges against our former president play out, while the other presidential nominees in both parties get cursory lip service at best. And as Trump continues to gain polling momentum with each and every indictment, Special Counsel Jack Smith, hands down, at least for now he is, but that probably will change in time. What now appears on the surface to be a man who thrives on being the main focus of all intention, whether said attention be good or bad, is unbeknownst to him, at least I truly would hope so, causing an upheaval in the very foundation upon which our republic, more specifically our constitutional republic, was built upon. And notice I say republic and not democracy. For not only are we a republic, a constitutional republic, but these United States are not now, nor have we ever been a democracy. For democracy's actual meaning equates to mob rule. Our founders and framers understood the concept of democracy well. For when our country was in the midst of her birthing pains, not only were passions running high, So, too, were armed mobs, the very antithesis of what these wise men deemed not only for the new nation they were helping to forge, but, Craig, also for the very document that would become said nation's rule of law, a document known as the U.S. Constitution, a document sometimes referred to as the blueprint for America, a document detailing a republic, not a democracy
0: you know it's unfortunate that democracy has kind of become a catch all phrase I mean it's like calling every copy machine a Xerox whether it's a Rico or anything else or calling every facial tissue a Kleenex it could be a Scots it could be a Puffs mm-hmm. it could be anything else but right now we're in a waiting game and unless I miss my guess time is not our friend no Because we must
1: wait, as our founders and framers did 247 or so years ago. We have to wait for passions, not just within our own Republican Party, to start tempering down, but within the Democratic Party as well. Passions, more times than not, deliberately ignited by the media's overt lack of truth and reporting. For only then will the truth that is common sense even start to set in. And this is no matter that for some, President Trump is deemed a hero, out to save our country from the socialist embracing far left, while others deem him a villain, out to destroy the very bedrock upon which our nation was built, thus proving that one's political leanings do at times not only make for dangerously heated contention, but for strange bedfellows at best. But the bottom line remains not in Donald Trump running for office, which he has every right to do, but in the fact that being overlooked is that so-called loyalty to Trump demands unwavering allegiance to him, no matter how the aforementioned charges play out. The twelve or so other candidates of which a few are also quite qualified to be president for having said qualifications is not the sole domain of Donald J. Trump alone coupled with the ongoing infighting amongst the party loyal infighting, egged on at times by Trump's very own words, is helping to further divide the party, which in turn equates to dividing the votes, which is exactly what the Democrats not only want, but are counting on. And Craig, why? Because Joe Biden cannot win against a strong, uniting-the-party Republican candidate. That is, if voting irregularities, a.k.a. fraud are removed from the mix. Remember, Biden's disastrous record alone proves that our countries, our republics, that very survival must be paramount in the minds of the voters above all else, even above their loyalty to one
0: man. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people are so laser-focused on this presidential race, they're not looking at the down-ballot you know, races that are going on, uh, races right. for Senate, races for Congress. Uh, they're not really paying attention uh, to the bigger picture. And that again, that's what you and I always do is look for the bigger mm-hmm. picture. There's a lot more at stake in 2024 than who sits behind the resolute desk. Exactly. And, you know, most
1: specifically, first, we have to understand comes the primaries, probably being the determining factor in regards to not just we the people's future, economic and otherwise, but the future of our Constitution as our governing rule of law. Votes hopefully will be cast not just based upon one man's or one person's passions or emotions, nor upon the misused concept of loyalty, but with the understanding that no one man or woman, nor one political party alone, can stop or counter the weight of ongoing political shenanigans coming from both sides of the political aisle. Remember the old adage, it takes two to tango? Well, we are now bearing witness to infighting, not just within our own party, but within the Democrat party as well. Double the trouble for them is ten times the trouble for us, and this is especially true when candidates in both parties keep bantering about the aforementioned word democracy, the very word, like the word Jesus, never once appearing in the Constitution itself, the very word that negates our system of checks and balances of power and replaces it with the previously stated concept of mob rule. And if the candidates themselves, no matter their party affiliation, do not know this simple fact, then truly, God help us all, for Reagan's A Shining City on a Hill will become but a memory. Vote wisely, dear reader and listener. For in the primaries vote for whomever you deem to be the best Republican nominee and flag bearer. But in the presidential election itself, please vote for, unite behind and outwardly support whomever the Republican nominee is. For if we do not take our country back, if we do not take our Republic back from those out to both destroy and transform her now, our memories of our beloved United States and what she once was will become fleeting memories indeed. Case closed.
0: You know, it sure is a different world than what we grew up in. Um, You know, and and I I look back even, you know, into my 20s, you know, Mm -hmm. when, when Ronald Reagan was the president, it was a whole different world then than it is now. You yeah. know, I mean, people still had a sense of patriotism. Patriotism wasn't a dirty word back no. then. It well, didn't you become know a dirty word until Obama got in office. I was just going to
1: say that patriotism became a dirty word with Obama. Absolutely. It started with the the whole birther thing, the anchor baby, the this, the that. If I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. This man instigated hate, and racial hate especially, from the moment he set foot in office.
0: Well, and I'll tell you what. I lay a lot of the blame uh, for the, the current state of affairs on the National Board of Education. Okay? Um, when, when you look at the situation our schools are in today, Mm -hmm. you can trace a lot of this problem back even before obama when the liberals were taking over the education system one of the first things they did away with was civics classes well civics when i was going to school was where you learned how the government worked you know and and then on saturdays you would have uh that that little thing that came on tv between the cartoons um, you know, talking about the Constitution and talking about how a bill oh. becomes a law. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, those things at a young age made an impression on kids. We grew up learning that America is a republic, a constitutional right. republic. It's not a democracy, right. you know. But you take that out of schools. You take civics classes out of schools And all of a sudden, kids have no idea what we are. So you can keep repeating ad nauseum that we're a democracy every day on TV 100% of the time. And kids today, and even young adults today, think we're a democracy.
1: Our founders and framers disliked a democracy. They knew that it meant mob rule. And basically, Thomas Jefferson did a famous quote about democracy where what was it, fifty-one percent of the population now dictate to forty-nine percent of the population what they can and cannot do. Right. This was the antithesis of what our founders and framers wanted for this country. That's why not only are republic, but we are a constitutional republic. Based on electing those who represent we the people.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a grand experiment, and right. it's it's by far. I mean, is it perfect? No, but it's by far the best thing out there on this planet. It's the best thing that was ever out you there. Know? I mean, it's it's an interesting situation when you start looking at it for what it is. Um, you know. It's it's unfortunate that kids, let's say, yeah, I use the word kids kind of collectively, but you know, anywhere from now fifteen to let's say thirty years old. Mm-hmm. When they, if they take the time to read your op-ed, which, by the way, folks, you can find at the PatriotFactor dot blogspot dot com or rspradio dot com under the title of Our Republic, a fleeting memory indeed, if they take time to read it and they they read that uh, we're not a democracy, it's going to come as quite a shock to some people that are, let's say, millennials or uh, Gen Zers, certainly. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're they're not going to even understand. They've probably never heard the term constitutional republic in their whole lives.
1: Well, you know what? It's also going to come as a shock to adults because they have been so indoctrinated into believing that we are a democracy, no matter what they learned in school. The Democrats have so pushed this whole thing where losing our democracy, we're losing our democracy, that it has taken over common sense. For people who knew we were a republic, they've sort of pushed that back basically into the subconscious right? because it's repeated over and over and over subliminal. Um, indoctrination if you will we're a democracy, we're a democracy no we're not folks we never were and the sooner people understand our foundation maybe then things will start to change but until then if we can't even accept the basic premises of what our country was to be what our founders and framers wanted our country to be We've lost our country.
0: You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's quite a shocking deal. I mean, if you could take uh, somebody from, let's say, nineteen anywhere from 1960 to 1980. Okay. okay. If you could lift them out of that time period and magically transport them to today, they'd have culture shock. Not only because of the way people act and behave, but because they would not recognize this country's form of government that we have currently. They would think we became the Soviet Union. I wouldn't go that far, but I
1: think we were, they think we were more
0: socialist than communist. At this point, well, maybe I—I I don't know, but I, you know, I, I look at the situ- I look at what what it was when I was growing up and, and when I was in college, and I look at what it is now, and it doesn't even resemble what I grew up with, and it no, certainly it doesn't. doesn't resemble what the founders and framers intended.
1: No, and all these Democrats that like to change. Oh Well, the founders and framers, even though it's clearly written in the Constitution, this is not really what they meant. Yes, it is. It took, what was it, 160-something days to write this one document? I think it was very clearly thought out of what was intended to be. We were never to be a theocracy. We were never to be a democracy. We were to be a republic, a representative republic.
0: Right. You know, coming up in the next segment, I'm gonna provide a little bit of a history lesson uh, along those lines too. You know, yeah. and, and this is this is why I think it's important that people not only read your op-ed, our republic of fleeting memory indeed, but also read what I've got coming up in the next uh, segment, the Fulton County Hissy Fit, because the two dovetail together very nicely.
1: Right. Mine, you know, I have to call it an op-ed, the way everything is is set up on our websites and our blogs and whatever, but this is really an essay, and it's, it's important in its one basic concept, The bedrock of this country, of the United States of America, is that we are a constitutional republic, with the Constitution being our rule of law. For the most part, and it started with Obama, the Constitution be damned. Yeah. No. We allowed that to happen by voting in someone like Obama. We cannot allow our Republic to be finished off completely by the Biden administration. That's why, because it will bring to fruition Obama's uh, fundamental transformation of this country, because we all know Obama is behind the scenes. We also know the election was stolen. You know, uh, I might be for DeSantis as my first choice, but I will support and vote for Trump if he gets the nomination. However, I think for our republic's sake, we need to focus on what's best for the country. And the best thing for the country, and I'm not saying a candidate, folks, the best thing for this country is to forget the word democracy. Throw it away. We need to go back to being a republic driven by the Constitution, a republic where our we vote for our people to represent us. We've got to go back to what we were intended to be. We can't go on like this. No. No, and one of the We're already collapsing from within. We still have time to save it. And twenty twenty four, the way to save our country, no matter who that nominee is, in the end, and I hate to tell people, but right now it's way too far out for polls to mean anything. Whoever that Republican nominee is, we need to unite behind them. To save our republic.
0: You know, people need to understand that polling, regardless of how good it is, is nothing but a snapshot of a moment in time. Of
1: a small group of people,
0: by the way, also. I mean, you know, it's, it's a fleeting deal. And people need to understand that. Even as we get closer and closer and closer to the election... The polls are really just uh, a snapshot. It's it's you know it's looking at a situation with blinders on uh, and taking a quick snapshot. It's not a it's not a prognostication tool. It's a snapshot in a moment of time. You know one of the biggest problems that that this country has come across uh, over the decades, and I mean it's been decades, is complacency. People have gotten complacent. They, they get involved in politics uh, at election time. So every two years, they, they suddenly start paying attention, but nobody does their own research. Right. They, they listen to what they hear uh, from the mainstream media. They read headlines. They don't read stories. And all of a sudden, they think they know everything. But they don't understand that they're being lied to by the mainstream media and indoctrinated through the school system to believe only one thing. They're not thinking for themselves. Right. There's one
1: important thing also that I want people to remember. Remember, and I've said this, but it doesn't seem to be sinking in. Remember back to when Hillary Clinton ran against Barack Obama for the nomination. And every single solitary poll and media outlet had Hillary ahead of Obama straight through to the end. Every poll, every media outlet got it wrong. Because when it came time to vote, those small numbers that they poll and then multiply in their heads to make you think it includes a million people they polled, Every one of those polls were wrong. Obama pulled it out. Because when it came time to actually vote, those millions of people voted. Remember, polls take a very small sample. They might take a few thousand people, and then they multiply it and see, well, if this amount voted this way, then it would mean that this amount double, tripled, quadrupled. No. Many elections have proven polls to be wrong. And people have to remember that.
0: Grab Diane's article. It's an op-ed. It's an essay. Call it what you will. But Mm -hmm. grab it at thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com or rspradio1.com. And please share it everywhere. And, you know... Start referring to this nation as a constitutional republic because that's what we are. Right. I will only take exception to one thing you had in that piece, where where Uh you say, "Yep," where you say it takes two to tango. One person can tango. You look mighty damn silly doing it. (laughs) But but one person can actually tango if they don't mind being laughed at. Right. And and probably falling over on the dips right you know so there's that folks we've hit the top of the hour that means we've got to take another quick break when we come back i'm talking about the fulton county hissy fit which includes a bit of a history lesson that dovetails with the segment diane just did well stay with us. There's more right side patriots after this. Hi guys,
1: Diane Sorry from the Patriot Factor on the PatriotFactor.blockspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at RSPRadio1.com.
0: You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio. The best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of right-side patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet.
1: You're listening to RSPRadio1.com.
0: Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Vriesen and Diane Sorry getting you through a Tuesday night edition of the show and if you miss any part of it go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning click the podcast button have at it mm-hmm. alright so basically what both Diane and I are talking about uh, in our respective segments tonight is really kind of the the situation in this country and and how it's gotten away from we the people Mm -hmm. you know and what's going on in fulton county georgia right now i think can best be described as a hissy fit and that's why i've entitled the commentary tonight the fulton county liberal hissy fit asking people for phone numbers reserving rooms in a capitol building telling people to watch TV, and getting people to attend legislative hearings are all illegal now, so whatever you do, don't do those things. Holding meetings, calling people, asking people to call a special session of legislature, and setting up phone calls are also illegal. Add those things to the list of things you should never, ever do again. Getting contact information for people, sending emails, observing signature match audits on mail-in ballots, asking people to speed up signature match audits, telling people that there may have been voter fraud, telling people to watch RSBN, discussing the election in a phone call, and offering to provide election worker Ruby Friedman with protection, all illegal as you go about your day-to-day activities whether at work or at home keep that list handy and before you do anything check the list and then just go sit in a corner because at least for now sitting in a corner is still legal unless donald trump wants set in a corner the above-laundry list of items are just some of the things in the list of crimes committed by President Trump, according to Kiss My Fat Fanny Willis in Fulton County, Georgia. Those things are actually spelled out in the Trump indictment du jour. Diane, while the Biden family organized crime syndicate raised tens of millions of dollars, And as vice president, Joe engaged in bribery schemes to pad his own bank account, some of which may turn out to be offshore bank accounts. The same ilk that is indicting Donald Trump for making phone calls and having an opinion regarding the last presidential election simply could not care less. Well, you know, someone who also... Could care less
1: because, you know, everything for that someone is controlled by number 44, <laughs> dear old Joe Biden. You know, he he hasn't even said a word about
0: this. Well, do you think he knows what day it is, much less no. what's going on with us? What? No, but at least, you know, you'd expect
1: the president to come out and say Something, because that president, well, he doesn't know, but he should know,
0: that these charges are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but he doesn't care, and while Trump goes to court, the supposed head of the Banana Republic, Joe Biden, sits on the beach in Delaware on the orders of his puppet master, Barack Hussein Obama. I know that it's hard to believe, but Kiss My Fat Fanny Willis actually lists certain things in the 98-page indictment out of Georgia as overt acts in the furtherance of the conspiracy. So let's just see what now constitutes overt acts in the furtherance of the conspiracy. Act 6. On or about the 21st day of November 2020, Mark Randall Meadows sent a text message to U.S. Representative Scott Perry from Pennsylvania and stated, quote, Can you send me the number for the speaker and the leader of the Pennsylvania legislature? POTUS wants to chat with them, unquote. Act 22. On or about the third day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account at RealDonaldTrump Trump. Quote, Georgia hearings now on OANN, amazing, unquote. Act 26, on or about the third day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account, at Real Donald Trump, quote, Wow, blockbuster testimony taking place right now in Georgia. Ballot stuffing by Dems when Republicans were forced to leave the large counting room. Plenty more coming but this alone leads to an easy win of the state, unquote. Act 27. On or about the third day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account at RealDonaldTrump, quote, People in Georgia got caught cold bringing in massive numbers of ballots and putting them in voting machines. Great job at Brian Kemp, Georgia, unquote. And uh, let's see here. Act 45 on or about the 8th day of December 2020, Michael A. Roman sent a text message to unindicted co-conspirator individual number four, whose identity is known to the grand jury, stated that he had spoken to Misty Hampton and asked unindicted co-conspirator individual number four to get Misty Hampton to attend the hearing before the Georgia House of Representatives Governmental Affairs Committee on December 10th, 2020. And finally, Diane, Act 57, on or about the 11th day of December 2020, Donald James Schaefer reserved room 2016 or 216 at the Georgia State Capitol in Fulton County, Georgia, for the December 14th, 2020 meeting, of Trump's presidential elector nominees in Fulton County, Georgia. Well,
1: you know, this is a nice little hodgepodge of basically double-speak charges. But the bottom line is, when you read them all and you put them all together, really, what does it all mean?
0: (laughs) Well, that's both the fun part and the headache-inducing part of trying to figure this all out. While this is but a partial list of what are transparently political persecution charges against President Trump and 18 co-conspirators, the question does remain. What does it mean? Well, it means that from the Oval Office to any individual poll watcher, if you're a Republican, do not dare to question any election outcome where a Democrat has been by hook or by crook declared the winner, lest you be a criminal and hauled into a kangaroo court because your jail cell is ready and waiting. This is intimidation. It's blatant attempts to interfere with any and all future elections. Challenge the outcome of any election in a blue city or in a blue state and face the very real prospect of criminal charges. At this point, I believe that a history lesson of sorts is called for. And in an effort to provide some context for what we're seeing play out right now, we need to go back to the very beginning of our nation. The Revolutionary War was fought as much for democracy as it was for independence from the British Crown. Once that war had been won, the question then became. How do we put into place the principles of popular majority rule, for that is what a democracy is, while at the same time protecting and preserving the rights and liberties of all citizens? The United States was a new and very fragile nation made up of 13 rather independent states, all of which had their own ideas on how to run things. Several states in those early years contemplated splitting off and becoming their own independent countries. Now, to save the issues of the day and to handle the issues of the future, our Constitution was written, and due to the foresight of our founders and framers, the Constitution showed or allowed for amendments to be made. Diane, those amendments strengthened the protections and liberties of we, the people, the citizens.
1: Well, basically, in a nutshell, it said that what we really needed to retain our freedoms and our rights was limited government in our lives.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean... Think about it. In reality, the Constitution, with all of its protections for the citizens, is really meant as a hard limit on government itself. Okay, so upon leaving the Constitutional Convention after the convention or Constitution had been formally adopted, at the age of 81 years, Benjamin Franklin was approached by a group of citizens who asked him what sort of government the delegates had created. Now, Franklin's answer satisfied those citizens, but it also stood as a warning against exactly what is playing out today where the indictments against Donald Trump and others are concerned. Franklin's answer was simple quote, A republic if you can keep it. Unquote. And how does a citizenry keep a republic? By remaining ever vigilant, by remaining always engaged in the process, and by never allowing a government or an administration to run roughshod over the rights and liberties of the people. Our founders and framers would be rolling in their graves today, and Franklin, I suspect, would simply say, I tried to warn you. As we look through the growing list of charges and indictments against Trump and others, one thing has become very clear indeed. We have not kept the republic, as it has descended into a banana republic. Ever wonder why the Democrats and far too many Republicans are always referring to our republic as a democracy? It's because they actually want what the founders and framers were trying to avert, mob rule. Today's liberals honestly don't give a rat's ass about freedom, liberty, or individual rights. It's the prospect of authoritarian power that drives them into hell with the people. Asked about the situation a few days ago, Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana said, and I quote, I mean, this is the sort of thing that happens in countries whose Powerball jackpot is 387 chickens and a goat. Sure. I mean, we don't do that in America, unquote. And he was 100% correct, Diane. This yeah. is third-party, third-world dictator stuff dressed up as a democracy in what's supposed to be a constitutional republic. But there is another side to all of this that the liberals may or may not have considered. Well,
1: you know, first of all, what people don't understand is actions do have consequences and also that certain precedents are now being set or have been in the past few years been set that in and of themselves could actually destroy this country. And by destroying it, I mean destroy the very foundation of what a republic is.
0: Look, if liberals have not considered the consequences of their actions here, what's good for the goose may someday be good for the gander as well. What I mean is that they're setting up a very dangerous precedent here. And when the other shoe of power changes feet to the right side of the political aisle, It could well then become open season on liberals, just as it is now open season on Donald Trump and Republicans. On the other hand, what if they have considered that possibility? The implication of liberals knowing full well the possibility of reprisal and ignoring it is chilling indeed, as that would mean that they have no intention of ever holding fair or open elections again and the fixes in now and forevermore that's the exact sort of thing that will bring about another revolution or another civil war in this country and considering which side has the overwhelming vast majority of the guns i rather doubt that the left will enjoy that outcome but that's exactly what they want right a civil war so they can then declare martial law and deploy the military to keep them in power while suspending all elections for as long as it takes to turn the citizens into subjects. But will it work? Well, yes, our military has been compromised by woke leaders, but no, I do not believe that the rank and file of our military will simply do as they're told should martial law be declared, against the citizens. While Trump has become the linchpin in the liberals' fundamental transformation of America, they have also turned him into something of a martyr for the Republican and Constitutional Republic voters. And every indictment and every desperate charge levied against him makes it even more transparent what they're trying to do. If this latest round of charges from the Georgia indictment, once again, we see a genuine lack of legal substance. It's vitriol, not legitimate criminal activity that they're charging against Trump. In fact, there is virtually nothing that Trump did or is charged with in Georgia that is against the law. It's a liberal hissy fit, not a legal challenge that they're taking into a kangaroo court challenging elections is not illegal asking questions of election officials is not illegal booking a room at a Capitol for for a hearing is not illegal telling people to watch a certain tv report is not illegal asking for someone's phone number is not illegal Pointing out the obvious, as in boxes of ballots were brought into the Fulton County, Georgia election headquarters in the middle of the night, is not illegal. Asking somebody to attend a hearing is not illegal, and neither is it illegal to point out that hearings were taking place or that Republican observers were forced out of the counting room in Fulton County, Georgia. Literally none of what the liberal hissy fit accuses Trump of doing in regard to Georgia was against any law. And yet, just as the fix was in on election night, it seems to be a foregone conclusion that in Fulton County, Georgia, Trump will be found guilty of doing things that were never against the law. Trump will win on appeals in Georgia, as I believe is the case in D.C. as well. But at what cost to the country? While these liberals may well be able to gain, let's say, a conviction in their local Soros-backed kangaroo courts, those convictions will fall apart like a house of cards in a windstorm upon appeal. But one thing should be clear to just about anyone with a working brain cell by now, as Trump continues to be indicted and charged with things that are not against the law, and both Hunter and his dad, Joe Biden, continue to skate scot-free regarding mountains of evidence of actual lawless activity, which leaves our country in serious danger, we are not currently dealing with an administration, but a regime. With its puppet dictator and behind-the-curtains puppet master, welcome to the fundamental transformation of America.
1: And that is something we have to stop by getting the right Republican in as the nominee and going full force with everybody uniting behind that nominee, whoever it is, because that is the only way this is going to be stopped, plus the poll watchers must stand strong the Democrats might say, you need to get out of here. No, you do
0: not. Don't leave. Don't flinch. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the only way to prevent what happened in 2020 from happening again is to hold fast, stand strong, don't leave, don't blink, and don't give in.
1: Exactly.
0: And that's part of the
1: problem. Not only has our Republican hierarchy not done a thing to address the voter fraud, and folks, yes, there is voter fraud, and it will be worse in 2024 than it was in 2020. But we Republicans, and I'm not saying all of us, but the majority of we Republicans, we're not doing anything to fight back either.
0: Oh, I mean, and that's the complacency I was talking about in the last segment. You know, people get involved when they have to. Okay, it's time to vote in the primary. Okay, it's time to vote in the general election. And then they just sit back and, and let whatever happens happen. You can't do that. Our founders and framers never intended that to be the case. They intended right. to people to be, as I said, always vigilant, always engaged. You know, uh, you got to hold the the people you elect, you got to hold their feet to the fire every day. And yeah, I know it might be a hassle and you got other things going on in your life, but you got to at least pay attention to what's going on and do your own research. Exactly. And by your own
1: research, we mean don't go to the liberal sites, don't go to conspiracy sites, Go to hardcore news sites. Well, or it, some of it even shows up in history sites. Because what's happening now, this is not new to us. This has been happening for decades.
0: You know, just just stay, stay on top of it. You know, and ask questions. Don't just read the headlines and, and think, okay, now I'm educated. You're not just write a headline that doesn't really educate you on anything you know and if something doesn't seem right look into it i mean it's 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 not that difficult and it doesn't take that much time everybody runs around today with a computer in their pocket yes. you have access to gazillions of pieces of information i mean it's it's right. it's not that difficult You know, one of the things that kind of slips by people when they look at our history is when we fought the Revolutionary War, our soldiers, the the American soldier, was really fighting for democracy because they had never heard of a constitutional republic. They had no idea what it was. Right. But our founders and framers knew what it was, and that's what they intended us to be. But they had to do it in steps. They had to win the war first. They, They had to gain our independence from the British crown first. Then they set apart figuring out how to make this new country be protective of its citizens and not overbearing on them. The founders and framers, a bunch of wise people figuring out the best way to do that is a constitutional republic. Because if you have a democracy, you may have told people, fighting the war, hey, we're fighting for democracy, because they understood democracy. They'd all have a a say in what happens. But they knew the best possible outcome was a constitutional republic, because then you avert mob rule.
1: What most forget is the very definition of democracy, which, of course, means mob rule. And that has been forgotten for too long, and it's caused too many problems. The word democracy, if it was up to me, would be stripped from being taught in history. We were not founded on the principle of democracy. We were never intended to be a democracy. That word has been twisted and bastardized and misconstrued for generations. It's not just new to what's happening now. Somewhere along the way, we have lost the concept of what a republic is. And it goes back decades, folks. Yes, it was pushed to the head with Obama, but it goes back further than Obama. Like Craig said, fighting for American democracy? No, People should have been fighting for a constitutional republic. The word democracy is used in the wrong context. It's used to equate freedom. But if you take the real definition as mob rule, that really means freedom for those who were ruling. And like Jefferson, the 51 49, it's freedom for the 51, but the 49, no. They don't get the freedoms because they are in the minority instead of being in the majority. It's a misplaced concept to begin with.
0: Can you imagine Thomas Jefferson or Benjamin Franklin or James Madison or any of our founders and framers telling the average guy, the average farmer, the average guy in the street, Back in seventeen seventy-six, that you intended to have a government that was a constitutional republic, and trying to explain that to them, they wouldn't—they wouldn't have gotten it. They wouldn't have understood it. Right, people—they didn't
1: understand it. So somehow the word democracy got bantered about, and it's kind of stuck, but it's not. In the Constitution, the word democracy never once appears in the original Constitution, and that was for a reason. Yet the word republic appears
0: appears over and over and over. Right. And and our founders and framers knew it. They knew what they wanted. They knew what this country needed. They knew what we needed to be. Right. We needed to be independent of England. We needed to be not a theocracy. We need Absolutely. it to be not ruled by one person. You know, um, everybody gets a say by electing who represents them. That's the key. You know, And that deals folks
1: directly with elections. You've got to pick who you feel is not only the best to represent you, but to represent our country on the world stage as
0: well. Get away from that micro view and look at the bigger picture. Yes. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Folks, you can get my commentary, the Fulton County Hissy Fit, two different places, thenationalpatriot.com or rspradio1.com. Grab the link from either place and please share it everywhere you can. We've got a couple of really interesting pieces coming up for you next week. Mm-hmm. Okay, We talked about those at the beginning of the show. If you missed that, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. You can hear us talk about that. Um, also, we're going to be talking on Friday about the debate that's taking place tomorrow night. And just another word of advice, if you want to hear what the different candidates plan for how to get us out of the deep hole that Biden has gotten us into. Tune in to the debate tomorrow night on Fox. If you want to hear one candidate talk about himself for a couple of hours, go to Twitter. Right. That's that's really what it comes down to. If you care about
1: your country, if you care about what's happening to our country, you need to listen to the debates. You have to hear what others have to
0: offer. Very simple. With Mm -hmm. that, Diane, you and I have run out of time for this show tonight.
1: Yes, we have. So with that, I will say nighty-night, folks.
0: Have yourselves a great evening, a great rest of the week. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. Bye-bye.